0: Welcome, everyone, to Strictly Jojo, a podcast dedicated to Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. My name is Courtney.
1: Hey, Kono karuta?
0: Oh, like the, the memory loss. <laughs> 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 this is episode 66, and we're reviewing part 6, Stone Ocean, Jailhouse Lock. As always, there'll be spoilers for this episode and anything that's happened in the Jojo anime. We do have a localized title for the first time in a couple weeks, and this localized title is Lock of the Jail. Because I guess jailhouse lock is just too close to jailhouse rock, and that wasn't enough for them. It's
1: kind of a play on how Japanese pronunciation mixes the L's and the R's, right?
0: Yeah, and I also feel like it's a play on like what the stand actually does. Jailhouse lock, like it's right. there to keep Jolene from escaping, um, but it's not the actual jailhouse rock, which we all, most of us, know. So, so, I don't know what the yeah. decision was there, but Lock of the Jail just sounds weird.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> like a lot of the localized titles and stand names, it just sounds weird.
1: But what's not so weird is the JoJo news for this week, which, as always, comes from JoJoNews.com in an article titled JoJo Stone Ocean The Way to Heaven Figures, released on December 10th. Banpresto revealed photos and the release date of their Ichiban Kuji Masterlies. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Stone Ocean Figures. Uh, I think that date applies to their release in Japan, unfortunately, so not uh, worldwide. It says here that it, it's a total of five figures, and they're scheduled to release on December 10th for around 850 yen, or about $5 each. And you're probably thinking, wow, that's a steal. But the concept behind these figures is that they're actually... Uh, lottery or part of a a lottery uh, that you have to go to it says here official ichiban kuji shops nationwide lawson stores bookstores hobby shops and game centers so essentially what like like a game (laughs) you would say right yeah
0: they do this sometimes with um, special release figures and merch they'll do lottery style um i guess to give everyone the fairest chance to acquire these figures Mm -hmm. Um, but then sometimes they just go and sell them anyway
1: (laughs) yeah because ichiban kuji uh, this line of figures i think they previously did for like the 10th anniversary for the jojo anime they released the first five jojo protagonists as figures and we actually purchased uh the one for joseph joestar even though I think in Japan that was also part of the lottery system. Uh, I also think that earlier this year, or maybe late last year, they had a first line of Stone Ocean figures because there's this figure of Jotaro that I want from this line that hasn't been on sale here stateside, but I think that it was part of that lottery. Um, I've sent a picture of the figure in question to Courtney, it's of Jotaro in his part six outfit with the, the purple jacket and the snakeskin pants and boots pointing towards like you or the camera. Um, it's one of my favorite outfits of Jotaro, but again, unfortunately, it's not available readily here in the States unless you go through like a third party site or go on eBay.
0: But looking at the article here, there's a slightly different version of Jotaro.
1: Yes, Um, so let's talk about the the figures first. Um, In the proper lottery line, you have Anasui, Pucci, Jolene, and the green baby, which are combined into one package, Uh, weather report, and an unfortunate looking um, Emporio.
0: (laughs) I didn't even realize the Emporio has the updated version of the logo it doesn't have the, mm-hmm. the
1: cubs logo that's unfortunate but i'm sure there are like custom figure painters out there who can readily change that to the proper logo as it appeared in the manga uh, there are other pieces of merchandise uh images shown uh in this article and that's for again this is part of a lottery draw so the figures will come infrequently, and then you have these smaller prizes that you can get the Jotaro figure that you were referring to is a they call it a double chance campaign um, only 50 of these I guess are produced so if you're pretty lucky you can get a figure of both Jolene and Jotaro in sort of color variants
0: it looks so good because they're like a, a posable set well they're not posable but they are intended to be a set because they're standing back to back. It's just like the coolest father-daughter set of figures. Like I, I hope if, if this doesn't actually get mass produced for everybody else, I hope that somebody else comes out with a cool like father-daughter set of figures because I would get that. It just, it's, it's that much more special knowing that they're supposed to be, like the figures are intended to be together just like, you know, the two of them are.
1: Yeah, I think the, the Jolene figure in this set is in the exact same pose as the regular Jolene in the line it's just that she has uh, a color variance that's more similar to her colors in the manga so it's really Jotaro that's the the, the premium figure in this pack uh, but yeah I think posing either Jolene together with this Jotaro would make for a really great display
0: the Jolene figure is very nice I think that the way she's sculpted is like perfect her face looks really good um of the the figures in this line i would definitely buy the the jolene like it it looks really good the poochie he looks a little on the thin side doesn't he like i thought he had more like meat on his bones
1: um no this is pretty much how i envisioned poochie as a figure uh i think he's my favorite out of the line um because uh weather report he looks okay honestly you can barely see his face (laughs) and then like I said Emporio kind of is unfortunate looking.
0: <laughs> yeah, the so I'm dying to get a weather report figure. I just I love weather reports so much, but this one doesn't quite hit the mark. Um, Like it looks good, but it's just not what I want or what I envision, especially for his face. So I'd probably, if they sell this like for everyone else retail, I'd probably pass on this one. But holy shit, Emporio's face is a fucking crime. He looks horrible.
1: It's the eyes. Something about the eyes. It looked too droopy
0: well okay it's like first of all let's go from the top down he doesn't have the cubs logo so that's weird Uh, i guess they're aligning to the anime instead with the gd for green dolphin street um yeah his eyes are way too droopy like they they go downward far too much um he's got like a michael jackson nose (laughs) and like really overfilled lips so if you if you can picture like one of those like like one of those people who has like way too much plastic surgery done on their face and their nose is like super pinched and super narrow and pointy and then their lips are just overfilled with filler. Like they have those fish lips. That's literally what Emporio looks like. And then to to top it all off, his head versus like the bottom part of his body, like his head size to body size is like out of proportion. Maybe it's just
1: like the camera angle that we're looking at it, but...
0: Well, his head looks huge and he's like crouched in this like half squat, and it's just not a flattering pose for him. Like, he looks like he's got to take a dump. I don't know. The whole thing is just like really weird. He's about to pitch. You couldn't have even just like let him stand up straight. Like, you had to make him like squat halfway and like stick his ass out like he's going to fart or something. I'm just really upset by this Emporio. I think, because I like Emporio a lot, and he's a really cute character, and I just think they did him dirty with this line.
1: I think for me. He kind of looks like, so in like Filipino culture, especially with like Filipino Catholic culture, there's a, a figure called the Santo Nino or like the, the Christ child. It's a depiction of Jesus as a, I guess as a toddler. And when I look at Emporio, that's all I see. So I can't really picture getting this as a figure because it's going to remind me of like my childhood. Looking at these figures of the Santo Nino,
0: I literally don't see the resemblance. I don't know what you're really? talking about. No, <laughs> he looks like Michael Jackson squatting like like a really short Michael Jackson <laughs> I guess squatting. like
1: the curly hair and the way that his eyes are designed and his facial structure reminds me a lot of a of a Santo Nino, but anyway, we'll post this article or the link to this article in the discord so that you can peruse through the images and figures and hopefully if you're living in japan you can get a crack at trying to draw these figures in the lottery
0: we unfortunately will not have an attempt um or an opportunity because yeah it says december 10th and we leave december 6th we leave japan december 6th so um, we just missed that one. I feel like we're we're going to to Japan at like the worst time to be a JoJo fan because the Skytree JoJo 10th anniversary collab has already ended by the time we get there, and then by the time we leave, it's like just days before this lottery happens. So maybe we'll get lucky and something JoJo related will be happening while we're there.
1: Or maybe there'll be a, a crane game in one of the arcades that has. The first line from the Stone Ocean Ichiban Kuji series where I can finally get my hands on that Jotaro that I've been wanting.
0: And then be very scared shipping it back.
1: Oh, yeah. Like trying to put it in my my check-in bag. Or maybe maybe I'll just keep it as a carry-on so that I can just hold it in the airport and on the plane and keep it safe.
0: So now let's get into this very confusing episode. So this is a different kind of confusing. Let me just take a second to clarify that because I know we talked about um
1: dragon's dream dragon's
0: dream being confusing and like other parts of stone ocean being really really confusing this is confusing in the sense that like i fully understood what was going on but it was more like a a confusion that mixed with frustration just having to watch jolene go through this loop over and over and over again and i felt frustrated because i was frustrated for her um, and frustrated for Guess as well. Guess is probably like, please, please stop asking me these questions. Please get the hell out of the cell. Uh, I mean, for two days straight, she's being pestered by Jolene in the same infinite loop over and over again. So it was confusing in in just the idea of like, how is she going to get out of this? How, how can you progress the story at all if she can only remember three things and she continues to be again in this infinite loop? So it was a it was an interesting one to, to watch and it's a two-parter, so there's still more to it. But I know you got like really frustrated the first time we were watching this.
1: Yeah. I mean, I knew there were two more episodes left uh, in the second core after, you know, we had this thrilling climactic episode with, what was it called? Time for Heaven, New Moon, New Priest. Uh, and that really heightened my excitement to see how the next arc of Stone Ocean is going to unfold and so I had a feeling like these would be kind of transitional episodes of course before we get into the third core but I feel like this was just a strange detour about memory loss that it admittedly put a bit of a damper on my anticipation I think it's an interesting take on on a time loop in some sense even though it's not really a loop of time but it feels like Jolene's just going through the same thing over and over again. But parts of it just felt very slow-moving and, and mind-numbing, which I guess in hindsight is kind of the point because that's exactly what uh, Miu Mew is trying to do with Jailhouse Rock is to, to kind of contain Jolene and make her lose the motivation to fight against Pucci and save Jotaro. It's just, I think as an episode, it was a little bit little bit of a chore to watch
0: yeah you bring up a good point that the previous episode and even the one before which just so high intensity um just had you on the edge of your seat it was emotional for sure because of what happened to Foo Fighters and then you get to this episode where they do you know have a nice transition with the um beginning part with Dio's like you know explanation around what kind of is going on here and then Emporio updating Jolene on what's been happening outside of like her, her cell. But I'd rather them have shown us all of that stuff versus Emporio being the one to kind of report out on it and then have the focus of the episode be Jailhouse Lock. But instead we got the opposite where you just kind of get this quick rundown of like, hey, there's been a mini time skip here. Here's what's happened in the short time since the previous episode. And now we're going to focus on this new enemy stand user. So I just felt like, it was a very abrupt change. Like it really was like a screeching halt to the intensity we were getting from multiple episodes leading up to this. And I know at the beginning of our review series for the second core of Stone Ocean, I had mentioned that this core starts off slow, um, gets really intense throughout most of it, but then ends slow as well. Um, and here we have, we, we've reached that part where it's now slowing down again, um, and kind of leading us into what will be the final core of Stone Ocean.
1: Yeah. I mean, you always kind of need a lull in the action before the next big thing. It's just with this, it was, like I said, it was, very mind-numbing and I, I was myself getting frustrated like watching Jolene have to suffer through this memory loss. Um, I, I did feel sympathetic but again as a viewer it was just like let's, let's get moving. I feel like we're seeing the same thing over and over again but yeah you know, we'll, we'll get more into that discussion pretty shortly. So JoJo fans, I know we ended on quite a high last week, but I also know that we have a little more left to go for part two, and I for sure know that we have to get through it. So before I forget what to do, time to... wait, what was I doing? Just kidding, time to diver down into our synopsis and discussion for part six, episode 23, Lock of the Jail or Jailhouse Jailhouse Lock, Lock. which- (laughs) We go
0: by original titles here.
1: (laughs) Which I I finally know, like, why does this title sound familiar? It reminds me of the the Schoolhouse Rock show from way back in the day. You ever watch Jailhouse Rock? No, Schoolhouse Rock.
0: Isn't there, what's that? Isn't there like a song or something?
1: Well, I think the theme song for the show is probably what you're familiar with. Schoolhouse Rock, it's the one who did like, I'm just a bill. Or yeah. conjunction junction.
0: No, I, I remember that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that, that was like a, a an educa- educational show. Yeah. Yeah, so that's why I was like, this sounds this title Jailhouse Rock sounds familiar because it reminds me of Schoolhouse Rock.
0: But it doesn't sound familiar because it reminds you of the Elvis song Jailhouse Rock.
1: I mean, yeah. Oh, okay. I thought what, you uh, were like I thought you didn't
0: put two and two together with that. No,
1: I'll get into. <laughs> that, okay. Anyways, moving on. With Pucci Gang nearly evolved into Pucci Gangier using a homemade recipe from Dio and the Green Bean Baby Evolution Stone, the malicious Monsignor leaves Green Dolphin Street prison to go do Florida Man Things in exchange for Dio's ticket to heaven. Meanwhile in her holding cell, Jolene catches wind of his plans after listening to Daddy Jotaro's soul album and resolves with Emporio to break out of prison and stop him in his tracks like any good Joestar and Bro would. But per usual, an enemy stand user rears their ugly head to ruin Operation Stone Shank Redemption as head prison guard Miu Miu uses her stand, Jailhouse Rock, to make Jolene live out her own version of Fifty First Dates, no matter how many permanent marker tattoos the juvenile Jojo inscribes to jog her memory. Stone Free gives her a video game hint to go visit Emporio and realign her ideals, but unfortunately, it looks like Emporio has lost his Memorio as well. And now on to our next segment of the show is that a music and or fashion reference where we document any and all nods, homages, and tributes that this extraordinary anime makes to the ordinary world of music and or fashion. So the first reference is with the new anime stand user that's introduced in this episode, Mew Mew, whose full name is actually Mucha Mueller. Uh, there are two fashion references with her name. The first is in reference to Miuccia Prada, an Italian billionaire fashion designer and businesswoman. She is the head designer of, guess what, Prada, and the founder of its subsidiary Miu Miu, which I will get into. She is renowned for using minimalist designs to achieve a traditional style with modern influence. And if you didn't already guess, the second reference with Miu Miu's name is with the aforementioned subsidiary Miu Miu, which is an Italian high-fashion women's clothing and accessory brand and a fully-owned subsidiary of Prada founded by Miuccia Prada, the name of which is derived from Miuccia's family nickname. The other reference, as we alluded to earlier, is with Miu Miu's stand, Jailhouse Rock or Jailhouse Lock. This is in reference to Jailhouse Rock, a 1957 rock and roll song Recorded by American music icon Elvis Presley for the film of the same name. And yeah, I would say this is probably one of my favorite Elvis songs.
0: I would have to say my favorite Elvis song is Can't Help Falling In Love. Is (laughs) that the title? (laughs) Your favorite, you don't even know. (laughs) I don't know titles, I'm bad with titles. Yes, Can't Help Falling In (laughs) Love. Okay, yeah, well, I'm glad that You mentioned the Elvis song because I was actually concerned earlier that you weren't referencing that song when you said Schoolhouse Rock. I was like, wait wait a minute. (laughs) Schoolhouse
1: Rock is a a classic.
0: Well, now it's time for the JoJo meme rundown. where We list each new JoJo meme that appeared in this episode. And once again, I, I don't have any for this episode, but I'm sure as time goes on, more and more will pop up for Stone Ocean. So as always, if we missed any, please reach out and let us know. All right, so Dio starts off this episode by dumping a lot of information on us, a lot of clarity um, provided around, like, what the hell is going on with Poochie and all of the weird shit that he's doing. Um, He explains that he needed a stand. Um, He explains that he needed a reason for befriending Poochie, that he needed someone who was detached from all desires and... Well, that's kind of what a priest does, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, he, the, the reason for 14 words, that those 14 words would help Pucci gain the baby's trust and, and be able to approach the baby. He explains that um, he needed to lose his stand. So it's almost like he anticipated that Jotaro was going to defeat him, um, that he had to kind of like accept that fate. So that the decaying stand could then manifest into the baby by absorbing those 36 souls. And all of this is to reach heaven. So we still don't have an explanation as to what heaven truly is. um, But we're getting more and more clarity around what these these events and what these things are. how they all fall into place essentially like why they're important to Dio's ultimate goal of heaven. So we're kind of getting more and more information. Like that breadcrumb uh breadcrumb trail is being left behind for us and we're we're picking up the pieces.
1: So this is kind of like Dio's contingency plan. Like if he feeling that he foreshadowed his demise at the hands of Jotaro in Egypt, and so this was his way to kind of Continue thriving. Uh, I'm sure this was just a decision by Iraqi to find a way to resurrect Dio so that he could use him as as an antagonist in Part Six. Uh, but it as as interesting as it is, it's so far fetched that Dio came up with this contingency just to to resurrect.
0: I mean, I guess if I'm gonna put an explanation to it, I would assume that. He knew that the Joe Stars were going to catch up to him. He knew that no matter what he did, the Joe Stars would find a way to overcome any obstacle thrown at them and eventually reach Dio and probably defeat him because he knows the Joe Star blood and the Joe Star lineage probably better than any villain um, in the entire series. So my guess again is like if you had to find a reason for Dio to have this contingency plan, it was probably like well. They're gonna kill me, so I might as well find a way to continue my my legacy. I guess. Like again, it's hard mm-hmm. to really explain like what Dio's ultimate goal is here when we don't fully understand what heaven
1: is. Well, yeah. Does, does he want to be rem- immortal, or does he want to be revered as a god?
0: Does he want to be revived? Like I don't know.
1: <laughs> uh, and I know uh, last episode. I wanted to do a little bit of research about the 14 words that Pucci says in order to gain the baby's or the green baby's trust. Uh, but I decided against that because I feel like there might be potential spoilers if I look any further into the deeper meaning behind these words. It might just be that Araki thought these, these words sounded colorful. <laughs> and so that's why he had Pucci recite them in the. the manga and now in the anime but i will hold on that one um location wise i think you didn't bring this up yet is that dio uh specified a location um to to culminate in or like that will culminate in his plan to attain heaven uh i wrote the specific what would you call latitude and longitude uh north coordinates coordinates thank you north by 28 degrees, 24 minutes west by 80 degrees 36 minutes. These are actually the co- coordinates, I think this is mentioned in the next episode for what was form- formerly known as the Cape Kennedy Air Force Station, now known as the Cape Can- Canaveral. Is that how you say it? Cape Canaveral Space Canaveral Canaveral.
0: <laughs> canaveral, <Carnaval>. Cape, canaveral. <laughs>
1: Cape Canaveral Space Force Station. So a, a new uh, base for the newly formed space force.
0: <laughs> it's so funny to think that, like Dio is talking to Pucci, right? Like imagine this like he's talking to Pucci, telling him his grand plan about like reaching heaven, um, attaining whatever it is that he's looking to attain. Uh, you need you're you're going you're going to create a child from my own. body bones after I'm, you know, defeated and you're going to, you know, be a priest and and need to you know, avoid every worldly desire there is. And then Poochie's like, well, where's this all taking place? And he's just like, Florida. (laughs) Like the most (laughs) unappealing, unelegant place in the entire world. (laughs) Wow. No offense, Florida. So strong words for (laughs) Florida. Hey, I'm I'm just meeming here. I'm Um, But you might as well just have said Alabama or something really random at that point. (laughs) So yeah, it's just so funny that all of this takes place in fucking
1: Florida. (laughs) Imagine if he said... Disney World <laughs> like, like the, the specific coordinates for Disney he World. He could have
0: picked like any place, like even something a little more flashy like New York City or like Santorini, Greece or fucking Tokyo, Japan, but he's like, "Nah, Florida."
1: <laughs> yeah, especially cuz like part 3 takes place in Egypt, which is full of, you know, history and culture that's ingrained within that story. <laughs> and then you have part six which just takes place in, in in a prison and then you have this florida man who is probably doing florida man things by resurrecting dio it's just a a weird contrast but i guess you know jojo's just known to do weird things or the series is known to do weird things
0: so then we jump into current day um and emporio's back so that's nice. We got somebody back and he's here warning Jolene about, again, the state of things that are going on outside of her holding cell. He explains that Poochie's left the premises, um, that he has the disc, but he has doesn't have a way of like getting it to the Speedwagon Foundation and that Jolene is like the prime suspect for everything that happened at Ultra Ultra
1: House Security Unit. Thank you. <laughs>
0: um, even though they can't quite pin it on her yet. So basically, the outlook is very bleak. But Jolene is oh, almost...
1: Sorry, it's Ultra Security House. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um,
0: but Jolene is almost passive about it. Like, she just doesn't care, almost doesn't even listen to Emporio. She even says, like, I've been so bored I've pierced my belly button now, which is a thing. Like, you see that her belly button is pierced um, throughout the rest of the episode. So I think there's a reason for this and she kind of explains it saying that she tells Emporio that after reading her father's memories she realizes what Jotaro had to go through 20 years ago when he fought Dio in Egypt and that has made her now more determined than ever to protect what her father fought so hard for. So you could almost say she's being a bit stubborn in the situation. Like Emporio is just trying to help reel her in a little bit so that she doesn't do anything that's going to get herself in trouble or get herself hurt or worse, killed. Um, But she is just so rearing to go that she ignores all of his warnings and basically is like, we are doing this. Um, We're getting that disc back to my father and I am breaking out of this jail.
1: Yeah, it kind of harkens back to how she was defying the logic of Uh, of apprehending uh the green baby back when anasui was teamed up with her like anasui was giving her the facts of the situation but like she knows that if if they don't accomplish this then they're at risk of of losing jotaro's disc or or allowing pucci to win same case here like the stakes are even higher now knowing like that pucci's reborn i guess with dio's blood and is a, a bigger threat like there's no time for her to sit solitary in this holding cell like the 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 fate of the world is basically at stake so yeah in times like this in times like these you have to just defy logic and, and just go with your gut
0: and you bring up a good point we kind of glossed over it but um. yeah, Poochie's got a f- whole new fucking look to him. The
1: glow up. Yeah. <laughs> his hair grew much longer. And
0: it's like looped through the collar of his jacket, which seems very impractical. Um. But yeah, so Poochie looks different. His hair's grown out. The guards notice it. He's got more hair or silver lines on his face. Um, his fucking lashes are... They're looking amazing, like that. On point. <laughs> that's all. Yeah, that's yeah. all you can say. Um, and he's got, most importantly, the Joe Star birthmark right, on his right. shoulder again, in, indicating that he's fused together with Dio's baby Jonathan. child. <laughs> yeah, with Jonathan. Jonathan's... Jonathan's just being passed around. Oh man, <laughs> it's so sad. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Emporio. I think the part of this episode that really gets to me is watching Emporio literally. Beg Jolene to wait for the Speedwagon Foundation. He's trying to reason with her. Um, he looks, like, terrified of her. And this is something that, that's kind of unique because everyone's been able to live up to Jolene's expectations. Everyone's been able to be at her level. But here, Emporio has all the freedom, right? And, like, he has all the ability to help her, but he's not wanting to help her in the way that she wants. So, again, like, he's saying... If you just give me a little bit of time, I'll find a way to contact Speedwagon, the, the Speedwagon Foundation. And we'll wait for them to arrive and to help you. But she's like, no, we got to do this now before the new moon. Um, and it's just, I don't know, like some, something about it made me really sad because Jolene's always really cared about the Joe Bros, And this is like the first time that she's almost not like straight up rude or is disregarding a Joe Bro, but there's just like a, a rift between them.
1: I mean, Emporio's just a kid. I'm sure he doesn't understand. Like, he's he's wary of, like, all of the risks that they'll be taking if they were to go outside of the prison or, or break out of the prison. Uh, and this is the only thing he's known for his life un- until this point. Uh, so I think he's he's pretty risk-averse. I can understand that. Uh, kind of reminds this is an off, uh, this is a side tangent. But it reminds me of from Harry Potter, uh, the second book or movie, where the character Dobby tries to warn Harry about not going to Hogwarts, but like ultimately Harry has to go and and deal with his fate. So it's kind of the same thing here. But yeah, it, it's... <laughs> I, I, the, seeing the, the strain and the anxiety on Emporio's face, uh, it, it was like... Jolene wasn't giving him an inch, but well, like
0: you said, Emporio has spent his whole life here, so I'm sure part of it is that straight up fear of what's outside of the jail. Um, and his choice is to either go with them or to stay behind, and I'm sure he doesn't want to stay behind. So it's it's a big change for him. So I I you know I'm looking forward to the next episode where they sort of you know reunite in in a sense and get on the same page. But this scene just kind of really really hit in the feels. But then that's when Miu Miu shows up. And Miu Miu just strolls up with her fucking stand out. And the stand's like walking and shit. And it's just it's very strange.
1: Kind of looks like um, a, a Nomu from My Hero because it has yeah. the exposed brain. Um, and, <laughs> I, t- I took note of this the second time we watched this episode. Is that Miu Miu's outfit is, is, is odd because it looks like her coat is resembles intestines
0: i thought the same thing i'm like (laughs) that squiggly thing looks like your intestines and then
1: her mini skirt there was one shot where you see it just says delicious on her ass (laughs) the heck and she's a prison guard right
0: uh i believe so i think they reveal that in the next episode
1: yeah like why are you walking around like this like in in your what i guess it's your casual outfit
0: maybe she's like an undercover prison guard because mm, she does look like possibly, a prisoner yeah. but um, I think she's is she one of the first prison staff that Poochie manipulates with stand abilities because everyone up until this point has been a, a prisoner
1: yeah mm. Yeah, I th- I think so. Because
0: you had Guard Westwood, but he was not directly influenced yeah. by Poochie. He just was influenced by the Stand Survivor. Yeah, here Mew, Mew is like fully aware of White Snake has a a a Stand that I can't remember if White Snake gave it to her or not. But either way, like she's in cahoots with White Snake and ultimately Poochie. But yeah, she's she's a prison guard. She's part of the the jail staff.
1: Well, Emporio mentioned that. I think in his pleas with Jolene, he had a, a feeling that the prison had a mind of its own and that escape was always futile. And maybe this is all that was all a result of Mew Mew's stand, because trying to keep prisoners from trying to break out by using the jailhouse rocks' abilities. So maybe this was given to Mew Mew way back before. Uh, the events of stone ocean
0: but when Mew Mew strolls up to where Emporio and where Jolene are at um, Jolene attempts to attack Mew Mew but she sees jailhouse rock like in the bars of the jail cell and then suddenly she's just back in her own cell with uh, with guests I almost said Guess. with guests Um, and she's just like what the fuck happened and that's the start of this infinite loop that got you so so frustrated.
1: Yeah, this is like I mentioned fifty first fifty first dates on um, the movie in my synopsis. It's like that character. Uh, do you remember the character Ten Second Tom?
0: Kinda. I haven't seen that movie in a long, oh. long time.
1: <laughs> uh, I forget who the actor is that plays it, but he's been in a lot of Adam Sandler movies. But basically, you can't hold a conversation with the guy because his. <laughs> His short-term memory loss is so severe that he only remembers like 10 seconds of his life. That that whole movie was just, like that movie was wild, but I I see a lot of it in this episode. Um, but this episode is basically if you took the character 10-second Tom and put it in a JoJo episode.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know, like it's, it is just frustrating. Again, like I, I said in the beginning, it's frustrating because you know that this is going to be a very difficult situation for Jolene to overcome. Ultimately, she does it, um, but not without a lot of steps backward in the process. Um, Like, for example, one of the moments that stands out for me is when Jolene and Guess are, are talking and Jolene asks about Mew Mew and Guess is like, well, she just walked by the jail, like our jail cell just a second ago. So, Jolene runs out. She sees Mew Mew just hanging out there um, and she asks Guess to give her details about what Mew Mew looks like to confirm it. Well, Guess unintentionally gives her three specific details about Mew Mew and this sets the loop back into reset mode because now that she's learned three new pieces of information everything that she learned before that has now gone out of her brain and then she wonders wait why am I back in the female wing again so just to kind of um, recap the way that jailhouse rock works is that everything that happened to Jolene leading up to the moment of meeting Miu Miu and Jailhouse Rock is still ingrained in her memory. Like, she still remembers the past. But once she's touched Jailhouse Rock, she no longer remembers anything from that point to present day. The most she can retain is three new pieces of information. So the second she learns a a new piece of information, that then pushes out, let's say, like, information number one. So if you can think of, like, she has one, two, three – are those pieces of information she learns an item number four that then becomes three because that pushes item number one out of her brain
1: but wouldn't she know mew mew then up until that point she
0: has like there's a moment where she has like a, fu- a fuzzy memory about like meeting somebody but i'm sure jailhouse rock works in a way that also protects mew mew
1: and so uh, this is kind of a related question but early before all of this jolene was writing stuff on her hand So when would she have written that? Because I feel like all of that information, she would have needed to know, knowing what Mew Mew's stand ability is and before it could take effect.
0: Yeah, that's kind of like a gap where we don't know what happened. Because you're right, she wakes up and there's three pieces of information she notices right away. One of them being like, defeat the stand, use her Mew Mew. How did she figure that out in the two day period? Um, but the Emporio part, she would remember, like, go find Emporio, because that's exactly what had happened moments before Mew Mew showed up.
1: Okay, I can get that, but yeah, you know, with that just random time skip, I guess you could chalk it up to, like, with the short-term memory loss, Jolene doesn't remember going from her holding cell to her prison cell with Gwess, even though there are a lot of random time skips in the second half of this episode that are kind of left unexplained. Because I originally thought that was another ability of Jailhouse Rock, but I think it's solely the, the memory lock ability.
0: Yeah, I think there's some some inconsistencies. I think it's more, the, the small time skips are more intended to to show us like the true lapses in her memory. Um, and kind of help us as viewers almost reset because otherwise she's going to constantly go in this loop and to follow that like chronologically just just as like from like a writing perspective I imagine like you need breaks in between to kind of give the viewer a second to process what's going on versus like a constant stream of, of memory resets.
1: Before we go into the second half of the episode we do have stand stats and it's stone free. Uh, So the destructive power for Jolene's stand is at A, speed is at B, range is at C, durability is at A, precision and accuracy is at C, and development potential is at A. So it's a very formidable stand, but it kind of pales in comparison to her father's stand, uh, Star Platinum, which has A in all the categories except for range, where they share the ranking C.
0: So, OP as fuck.
1: (laughs) Yes. Um, And with development potential at A, again, development potential is the capacity to effectively utilize or improve overall capabilities. I feel like this kind of explains how Stone Free was able to just manifest handcuffs in the previous episode.
0: Okay, I could see that. I think it also aligns perfectly with Jolene and how much we've talked about her overall growth in part six. I mean, she's grown probably more than any other JoJo in their respective parts. Mm-hmm.
1: So I feel like the development potential category is just this catch-all for why Stan suddenly have these power.
0: It's the Iraqi forgot category. Yeah, basically. <laughs> After the eye catch, we jump back into things, and it's actually a flashback where Emporio delivers the news to Hermes that Foo Fighters has died. Um, and then we move to present day, where Herm- Hermes literally pours one out for her. And it's a, a or glass one of water for the homies. Yeah. <laughs> I also
1: like the shot, like as she's holding up the glass, you see I think it's like a a droplet of water and it's across like it's inside the glass, but then it looks like it's a drop like a teardrop going down. I think her it's face.
0: outside the glass, like a bit of condensation. Oh, uh, okay. But you're right, it's it's aligned in a way that almost looks like or represents Hermes crying, which she probably wouldn't do in person, but inside she's probably screaming. Mm hmm. But after that quick um, deviation, we're back to Jolene and her her infinite loop. Um, She's able to, again, like muster some memories and like remember things in particular orders that leads her to where she is now in the cafeteria Um, but then Miu Miu just takes things above and beyond by messing with Jolene, putting a cockroach in her food and then making her forget by feeding her three new pieces of information and then spilling coffee on her and using that opportunity to wipe off all the notes that she wrote all over her arms. And Miu 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 describes her standability a little bit and Paints it as like worse than having no memory at all, because it puts them the the person impacted in an infinite loop that they can't break out of, similar to preventing her from breaking out of jail on Pucci's command. So that's an interesting concept. Like, do do you think it's worse to have no memory at all or to have an infinite loop of three memories?
1: Um, (laughs) that's kind of like, is it more terrible to die a horrible death or to be? stuck as a rock floating in space for for endless time yeah it's one of those
0: like (laughs) tricky questions where both options suck ass (laughs) yeah but you got to pick the
1: luster of two evils so what was it having no thoughts or just having like having
0: no memory at all or being stuck in this infinite loop
1: um i feel like the the no memory thing would be worse because even though like with the loop you're you're doing the same thing over and over again, and it can be mind-numbing, at least you have a mind. Like, with no memories, you're basically just vegetating, right?
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, that's literally what we're seeing with Jotaro. He has no memories. His Mm -hmm. memory disc is gone, and he's just slowly rotting away. Um, So I agree. I, I would say that having three memories and having an infinite loop is at least something to keep you stimulated. like like
1: 10 second Tom.
0: (laughs) And then you're also able to like, in this case in particular, find a way to break out of it. So maybe there's not always a way to break out of it, but if there is, you have the potential to do so. So by the end of the episode, Jolene realizes that she just needs to remember Two key pieces of info. And this is how Jolene gets out of the situation because that leaves her with a memory slot. Um, one additional memory slot that she can then, you know, move around. But all she needs to remember is that she needs to go see Emporio and what was the other one that she needed to remember?
1: About the three pieces of information. That's okay. <laughs> what Mew Mew purposely left that on her body as like a a gift, quote unquote. That's gift.
0: right, yeah. I'm already forgetting. (laughs) (laughs) So yes, those two pieces of information are all she's armed with. And she just sticks to that goal of getting to Emporio. Well, that's perfect for Jolene because she tends to just fixate on one goal and goes at it, you know, full force until she achieves that goal. And we'll see her achieve it in the next episode. But the episode ends with us getting a glimpse into Emporio's situation, confirming that he is also impacted by Jailhouse Rock and stuck in a loop himself, where he keeps zapping himself on his computer that has water spilled on it. And the reason he's doing so is because he's trying to remember four pieces of information. So I don't think Emporio has been uh, briefed on the fact that it's a max of three pieces of information. But again, it's weird because somehow Jolene knew that going into... The beginning part of this episode,
1: but then he also has Miu Miu's information pulled up on that computer for whatever reason.
0: So he probably was able to deduce it before spilling the water, and then he got stuck.
1: Yeah, how did he get stuck? All these unknowns right now. Uh, well, which...
0: again, like it shows the three, the four pieces of information that he's trying to remember, and mm-hmm. when he thinks about the fourth, then that's when the first gets removed from his mind that he needs to turn his fucking computer off and stop getting zapped by the electricity
1: <laughs> oh poor Emporio uh one question that I have is I think again we've talked about Jolene struggling to know what she has to do next but I don't think it's ever addressed like if she's like her long-term memory is still intact right so she would know about saving Jotro because that's been etched in her memory I would say since you know Jotaro fell into his comatose state, right?
0: Yes, but I think the the issue is she needs something to prompt her to think about that because she you're right she kind of like zones out a lot of times. Um, but I think it's because if she doesn't have a recent memory about like what she needs to be doing, what is the what's going to cause her to even remember? Oh, I have this like overall goal.
1: So you need like the short-term memory to trigger the long-term memory.
0: Yes. Yeah. Okay. I'm probably not describing it in the best way, but yeah, like unless there's a reason for her to remember I need to go see Emporio or a reason for her to remember I need to go save my father, that's not going to come top of mind from her for her. Okay. That's my my guess anyway.
1: Yeah. I just feel like that's just too significant of a memory to just let that lapse, even if you need a short-term memory to trigger it. Um, But yeah, I guess whatever gets her motivated to get out of this situation and for us to get out of this episode, that, that works for me. And that brings us to our final thoughts for part six, episode 23, Jailhouse Lock. So did this episode give you deja vu? Or did this episode give you deja vu?
0: <laughs> um, it definitely gave me some sort of feelings. Um, again, mostly of frustration on behalf of Jolene. It it's it's a very unique episode. I don't know if Iraqis really done anything with memory loss in jojo's bizarre adventure up till part six i could be wrong if someone remembers something please reach out let us know um but it's a it's a very unique situation a very unique stand because we've seen what power stands a million times we've seen um like stands that can manipulate items or time or space like a million times but have we seen anything that can manipulate memory in this way i don't really think so so it's nice to like from a a stand perspective it's a really nice change of pace it's a very 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 unique stand for what we've gotten out of part six um but as an episode it's just yeah i don't know you 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 leave the high and the low of the previous episode and go into this one and it just is such an abrupt change that um i don't know it's it's it kind of just doesn't sit well with me if anything I would have preferred them to take the first half of the episode and use that to focus on a transition from the previous episode building out more of Dio's um, flashback building out more of like the things that Emporio is describing to to Jolene about what's been going on maybe actually show us some of that and then take the second half of the episode to transition us into Mew Mew and Jailhouse Rock but it is what it is. They wanted to dedicate more time, probably because it's not easy to showcase what Jolene and Emporio are going through with the memory loss in such a short amount of time. So it's kind of a toss up, right? Like you gotta choose choose which one is more important. But what about you?
1: Yeah, I echo most of the same points. The This episode, along with the subsequent final episode of the second core, is just a strange transitional arc that was at times frustrating to watch especially, like you said, coming off the high of the previous episode with the climactic battle between Pucci and Jolene. Uh, It is sad to see Jolene in this predicament where she loses sight of what is important to her and what she needs to do to save Jotro and save the world, especially after, again, that enormous burden resting on her shoulders with Pucci's victory in the last episode. Uh, I do think that Jailhouse Rock is another great example of the unique psychological or mental stands that are featured throughout Stone Ocean. And I do think there is significance with this being the last barrier to Jolene's prison break with the concept of memory and like knowing what's again, what's most important to you in this moment. But man, did this episode test my patience as it continued onward with Jolene's memory constantly hitting that reset button. Uh, It is the penultimate episode of the second core, so I did try to savor it as much as I could, but I think part of me just wants to have enough short-term memory loss to forget about this episode, or maybe condense it into one. I think it would have been tricky to do that, but... You know, it, it is what it is, and I still look forward to rewatching the final episode of the second core.
0: And we're almost there. We have one episode left of the second core of Stone Ocean, and then once again, we'll be taking uh, a break, but not until we have a discussion episode. We had to squeeze one in because it's been quite some time since we've done that, um, and then after that, break week, and then after that, we are back with the final core, Of Stone Ocean. I can't believe we're already here. I thought it was going to be another year before we got the final core of Stone Ocean, but they dropped it on us real quick, which, you know, I'm not complaining. I want to see it sooner than later. It's a great
1: Christmas present. So. And
0: it's a great way to round out the year. Um, But thank you, everyone, for tuning in once again. We appreciate you guys so, so much. And as always, subscribe to Strictly JoJo on your favorite podcast service. Join our Discord to chat with us. Follow us on Instagram at The Strictly Series, on Twitter at Strictly Series, and check out our website, thestrictlyseries.com. If you'd like to support the show, then head over to patreon.com slash the strictly series and tune into Strictly Anime, our other podcast for anime reviews and discussions. All links are in the description. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, stay safe, stay healthy, stay weeb.
1: To be continued.